Blessed Thursday, everyone, and welcome to our fourth night of Intercede. All across the globe, the CCF churches are doing prayer and fasting as we set this year right by aligning to God in prayer. Today's prayer focus is dear to my heart, as I know it is also dear to many of you. We will be focusing on health and healing today. It is dear to my heart because years back when I was fighting for my life in the hospital bed, it was the prayer and fasting week, and the church collectively prayed for my revival. It is so humbling to be at the mercies of the people who were praying for me intentionally, but more so, the mercies of our God and King, who absolutely has the power and authority to grant life and to take life. If God has full authority over our nation, are you praying for upcoming elections? Our country's future? If God has full authority over our church, over our relationships, our families, and tonight, even our health and our healing, how then should we pray for these things? Tonight, our devotion is entitled, Pray in Faith. When we say pray in faith, what do we mean? And how is this shown in our main passage for tonight? We will be looking into the last chapter of the letter of James. James, by the way, is a brother of Jesus Christ. But many of us mistake this James to be the Apostle James from Jesus' original discipleship group. That James brother of John was killed early on in the time of Acts. Well, this James became a leader in the Jerusalem church. And he writes a letter of encouragement to believers. The followers of Christ during that time were facing various challenges like persecution, poverty, and even sickness. Very much like what the world is facing today. So let's read our passage for tonight. It is found in James chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. And it reads, Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. What do we notice in the verses that we have read? The context of this chapter is that James was giving his last exhortations because the letter actually ends in this chapter. Notice the solution James presented. For those who are suffering, they must pray. For those who are okay and cheerful and happy, they must pray by singing praises to the king. For those who are sick, they must pray and be prayed for. You know, James, in addressing the multiple needs of the believers during that time, pointed to one singular solution. Go to God. You go to God, a God, whether you're suffering or you're celebrating or even when you're sick. He points them all to the drawing to God in prayer solution. You know, I remember a stanza from an old Christian song which goes, 
Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. You know, folks, praying in faith means you should know where to draw near when things happen in your life. The good, the bad, the ongoing, the painful, the heartbreaking, even the desperate. We need to remember that God hears and that God cares. Specifically, James elaborates on the sick. And we read that in verse 14 when he said, Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Some things we noticed here when we study this verse. There is also a need to seek prayers from people like the elders, like the leaders of the church. Folks, to pray in faith is also to believe that when others pray for you, their prayers also go to your heavenly Father. Some of us feel so bad to ask for prayers, especially when, when we do not want others to know our troubles. But, you know, folks, there's nothing wrong with that. And you are actually allowing others to see God's moving hand in the midst of praying. I remember one time my Ninong, Ninong Chris, randomly sent me a message asking me to pray for a brother who suddenly lost sight. I was far away from him and I don't really know the guy. But I felt that tug in my heart to really pray intentionally. And despite having doubts if this could work, I relied on God. I told God, Lord, I do not know this person. But one thing I know and I could see is that my Ninong believed prayers do work. And Lord, I've seen how prayers of people were heard when I was revived. I know you are a God who heals. I know you are a God who is powerful over health and science. You see, folks, my faith in God is not just something I read about in the Bible. It is something so real to me over the years of my walk with Him. And so I said, Lord, if it is according to your will, and this is where I wholeheartedly surrendered the results to Him, I said, please heal Him and allow Him to receive medications and other interventions that He would be needing. I surrender everything to you, Lord. And you know, while I was praying, I felt in my heart that I was leaning on the faithfulness of my God. I knew He answers prayers. I knew He hears prayers. But I also knew He alone controls everything. And that He gives and He takes away. In my heart, I hoped for healing. Not so that I could witness a miracle. But more so because I want the person to experience what I felt before. That people care and that God can heal. A few hours after that, while I was preparing to sleep, I received an update from my Nino. The man regained his sight and I was really so moved and amazed that I messaged him back. I said, Grabe, praise Jesus, our healer. Now folks, the verse doesn't discount the need for medical interventions in all these things. I know there are some Christians who do not want any medical intervention when it comes to praying for healing and health. We understand that. But when James wrote about anointing with oil, 
This anointing with oil has been interpreted as either seeking the best medical attention possible for the afflicted, like oil massages. They were considered medicinal during that time. Or it could be an emblem of the Holy Spirit's presence and power. One theologian expressed the efficacy of olive oil as a medical agent was well known during that time. In fact, some commentaries say that the word for anoint here is not the usual one used in the New Testament, but has more of a medicinal meaning to it. Usually, the word anointing would either be chrisma or krio in Greek, which is symbolic to consecration for those who are serving in the temple, like for example, the priests, or endowing uh, spiritual gifts to those who serve the Lord in ministry. But the word here in James is alepho, which is really talking about applying oil and thus has a more medical context or meaning. Oil was and is frequently used in the East as a means of cure for very dangerous diseases. In Egypt, for example, it is often used as a cure for plague. Even in Europe, it has been tried with great success in the cure of this sickness called dropsy. And pure olive oil, as we know, is excellent for recent wounds and bruises. What James was saying here is that he desires them to use these natural or medicinal means while still looking to God for that special blessing of healing. And brothers and sisters, that is still praying by faith. Even as you take that paracetamol or that ibuprofen that your body needs for pain or fever, even as you take your vitamins A to zinc, even as you take your fish oil and your healthy herbal tea, not the usual tea where you get the boba, that's a milk tea, kahit 0% sugar, matamis pa din yun. Even with all these things, you still go to God by faith. You trust that He knows what He is doing and when He allows sickness in our lives, I take it as an opportunity to draw near and to trust Him. Folks, I do not want to waste how James shifted from physical concerns to a more spiritual healing as he continued in verses 15 to 16. It reads, And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Many have wondered if James guarantees healing here for the sick who are prayed for in faith. Some actually interpret this as a reference to the ultimate resurrection. The reference to sins being forgiven adds to the idea that James is considering a spiritual work and healing, not necessarily a physical healing. Yet the context of the statement demands that James does not exclude physical healing as an answer to prayer, though he does seem to mean something broader than only physical healing. So what shall we do then? We should pray for others in faith, expecting that God will heal them, then you leave the matter in God's hands because He knows best. Clearly, God does not grant immediate healing for every prayer of faith. And when we get to heaven, and this is a challenge for all of you, we can ask Him about that. We have so many faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, beloved and so actively serving in the church. And yet God still took them. 
And in our narrow mindset, we fall into the trap of saying, God did not heal. Maybe there's something wrong with that person. Folks, we are forgetting that the ultimate healing is actually being set free from this temporal body. To this, I remember our dear pastors who have lost their spouses over sicknesses. They stated it with so much gratitude to the Lord that the ultimate healing was given as their loved ones now enjoy the presence of God. You see, the greatest sickness we all have as human beings is this sin problem. That is why there is death, for the wages of sin is death. But the Bible says the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. That's where we get our confidence. That if Jesus truly sits in the thrones of our hearts and our lives, we have full confidence that He will see us through in every challenge, in every hardship, in every trial, even as we transition to eternity. The last verse of our passage reminds us, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Ultimately, we are right before God. As we are right before God, meaning our lives do reflect His power, His grace, His mercy, and love, we are able to have effective prayers, not because of ourselves, but because our lives are really so in sync with the Lord. Confession, which is admitting our sins to others and ultimately to God as we come to Him with repentant hearts, it can free us from the heavy burdens, whether physically or spiritually springing from our own unresolved sin and removes the hindrances to the works of the Holy Spirit. So in closing, I have this to say. For our health, for our healing, for the healing of others, we pray in faith. We do not own the power to heal. We do not own the wisdom to know the best medicine or the best treatment. We are simply at the mercies of a faithful, loving, and healing God. And I don't want you to miss that point tonight. Whether He grants healing immediately, or we struggle continually and it is prolonged, or whether temporal life actually reaches its destined end, God is still supreme. He still sits on the throne. May that truth enable and empower all of us to pray in faith. Know God, know His power, know His might, know His purpose, and make Him known. Because whether your prayer requests for healing are answered favorably or not, you ought to glorify Him who is faithful, Him who hears, Him who cares, and Him who loves. Let us hear the story of our dear pastor Joey Batong Bakal and his wife Tita Cecil about their breakthrough in their health and healing. On October 15, 2021, Cecilia and I didn't know we needed to be hospitalized because of our being COVID positive. We thought home care would be enough. But when our children saw that our oxygen levels went down to around 79 and our heartbeats down to 59, they packed our stuff and brought us to the hospital. I remember the ER while being tested with 2D echo. I asked permission from the technician if I can share to him about Jesus. He agreed, and I tried my best with a brief, clear gospel sharing, despite my condition. By God's grace, he prayed with me to receive Christ, confirming Jesus is in him. I did this also with the x-ray technician and attending nurse. Same approach. 
And by God's grace, the Lord worked out the same positive outcome. Shortly past midnight, we were brought to our hospital room. Praise God! Cecilia and I were roommates. When Joey and I were diagnosed with severe COVID pneumonia, it seemed like a certain kind of darkness. It felt like a death sentence, not in terms of physically dying, but possibly ending up in the ICU or getting intubated. With these kinds of thoughts, I felt like I had no God. I told myself, it cannot go on this way. So I asked for prayers that we may experience the Lord as our Emmanuel or God with us. And how did the Lord answer this prayer? First, the Lord gave us this verse in Psalm 139 verse 12. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. This spoke to our hearts that even our darkness was not dark to the Lord because God's presence with us illuminated our darkness. Second, he changed our perspective that in his divine plan, we were meant to go through this COVID journey to win precious souls for his kingdom, whom we would not have reached were it not for this confinement in that hospital. We were put on high flow oxygen. Yet the Lord Jesus gave us strength to make the most of the opportunity by witnessing for Christ. Despite her shortness of breath, Cecile would ask permission to share with the hospital staff, even late into the night, as long as she was awake. Why? Because of the worth of every soul to God. Just as, in the past, someone loved us enough to share the gospel with us. We thank you all. Dear brothers and sisters, for your unceasing prayers for us throughout our confinement. Late one night, our attending physician, who is also from CCF, came to our room to pray for us with urgency, as our prognosis was not good. He earnestly prayed for us to assure us that Jesus loves us. After he prayed, Cecilia and I surrendered to the Lord whatever would happen to us that would glorify him. Days later, we were told that we were supposed to have been intubated at that point. The morning after we learned this unsettling prognosis, the pulmonologist came and told us Joey's pneumonia was bacterial and that the opacities in my right lung disappeared. Praise God! In his perfect time, the Lord spared us from intubation. And that was the greatest miracle breakthrough from our covenant God in answer to all your prayers. Truly as in Psalm 23, 4, Though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you, Lord Jesus, are with me. Our personal shepherd walks Cecil and me through the valley of the shadow of possible intubation in the ICU. In answer to your prayers, Lord Jesus led us out of the valley, resulting in victory. So, the shadow of the seeming death sentence due to COVID was exactly just that, a mere shadow. Any shadow cannot be seen without the light being cast on it. And that light was the light of Lord Jesus, our personal shepherd. To our Lord Jesus be all the glory. Thank you, Lord, for the healing.
of Pastor Joey and Tita Cecil. You know, they are very instrumental to many marriages, baptisms, dedications, and their life lessons echo into the hearts of God's flock. We praise God for you, and we say amen and amen to your declaration tonight. Folks, let's close our time of devotion in prayer. Father in heaven, we glorify you and acknowledge you as our healer. You set us free, not just from physical sicknesses, O God, but more so our spiritual problems. We come to you in all humility, admitting that we are flawed individuals. We do not only get sick, but we also commit mistakes. O God, in your mercies and grace, forgive us. Cleanse us from all our iniquities. Set us free, Lord, from our spiritual problems. And more so for those who are listening tonight, we pray even for their physical challenges, for their sicknesses, for the problems in their health. Oh God, hear their prayers tonight. And Lord, may you teach us to trust in you always. Whether the answer comes in a form that is favorable to us, or it comes at a much latter time, Lord God, we just surrender everything to you. And we entrust our lives to you because we know you are a God who cares, a God who listens, a God who heals, a God who loves. We worship you tonight, O God. May you be glorified in the prayers of your people. In Jesus' name we pray and all of God's people say, Amen and Amen.